kitchens with us. Amen. A longtime friend of this church. And uh, we appreciate his ministry. And we appreciate the blessing that he's been to this church. Blessing the sister and Townley, sister Townley and I personally. And also uh, a blessing to the former pastor and his wife, brother and sister Alexander. And uh, we appreciate the continuing friendship and relationship that we're able to share with them. And uh, I appreciate men who labor in word and doctrine. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, he, can, he can set the world on fire tonight. He doesn't have to labor in doctrine tonight if he don't feel led of the Lord. Amen. We just want the will of the Lord around here, doesn't we? Hallelujah. 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 How many believes the Lord knows what we need? Hallelujah. And how many believe God's ready to supply what we need? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We still believe the word that says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. And I have no doubt that heaven is still full of bountiful blessings and strength and revelation to give to us. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord to give us Holy Ghost help tonight through the preaching of the word of God. God bless you, Elder. Thank you for coming. Amen. Obey the Lord. Greet us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you, Elder Townley. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Amen. It is a privilege and an honor for us to be able to be here tonight, and we always enjoy coming here and uh, enjoyed a lot of years of, of seeing this church as it has progressed and fought the gates of hell, and every spirit that can be imagined has attacked you as it has many other congregations over the time of years. and uh, But we're still in the fight. And that's what really counts. And it's not how many times that you may get knocked down or sometimes you feel like you've been knocked out. But it's just keep getting up and going on. Amen. The champion doesn't always win every fight. And a runner does not always win every race, but they don't give up. I was listening to a news commentator on the way here um, last night. We left Alabama about 7 o'clock yesterday evening, and I pulled in here about 5.30, 6.30 this morning. I'm not sure what time it was. But I was listening to him talk about a young man that uh, that was a prize fighter, a boxer, and how that just as a young boy he set his heart to be a champion. And I think the first year that that he was fighting, he he only lost just a few bouts out of the many bouts that he fought. And then the next year, he even won more. And the third year, he was uh, in for a championship. And when the fight came, he didn't show up. And uh, they finally got a hold of him and questioned him why that he wasn't going to fight. That had been the seeming to be the heartbeat of 
and desire of his life to be a, a boxer, to be a winner. And he said, well, I'm going to write songs. <laughs> Amen. And they laughed at him and told him, said, well, man, you don't know nothing about writing songs. He said, yeah, I'm going to write songs about the West, songs about the early pioneers. And, and I wish I wish I had written down some of the songs that this fellow went on to write because they all were hits back in his day, songs about the cowboys and songs in the West. But he didn't win as a boxer, as a prize fighter, but he, he won as a songwriter. Amen. And champion in his own right. And uh, <clears throat> the reason that he went on to become a notable man in songwriting was because he would not give up. And folks laughed at him. He just grinned back at them and kept writing lyrics, kept writing songs. And one day he wrote a song that uh, made a hit. And from there, he wrote another song that made a hit. And again, I wish I could recall uh, what those songs were. There were three of them for sure, and then along with many, many other songs that this fellow wrote and uh, that were uh, went on to be very notable songs and the songs about the West and the pioneers and the cowboys and I never heard any songs written about the Indians. <laughs> Amen. They didn't write any. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'll have to get on my ancestors because I'm Cherokee. So, <clears throat> yeah. I may have written some. I just don't know them. Praise the Lord. But we're glad to be here tonight, and we certainly appreciate Elder and Sister Townley and their faithfulness to continue on preaching this apostolic message. And it is not uh, a readily accepted message as it has been in times past. Folk today are, uh, seems to be mesmerized by the world and having things and what have you, living for the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and and the pride of life. And, and uh, I've learned until God gets a hold of a man just right, they're not going to make any changes anyhow. But the spirit of this end time has affected us as God's children. And things that the world has embraced, uh, I don't understand how it really happens, but eventually they make their inroads into the church and we have to deal with them. We have to fight them and resist them. And so I was talking to your pastor today, and, and I just mentioned in the conversation that I've been praying, asking God to take away all the distractions that life has given to us. Because we go to church sometimes and try to get your mind on God, in the prayer service, you try to press and reach and feel after God to get a hold of Him. But in the process, sometimes everything in the world passes through your mind. All the battles you've been fighting, troubles you have, struggles you're going through, what have you. 
And, uh, and then you know about folks that ain't doing right. And you hear this story down the road that happened, and this problem over here, 500 miles, 1,000 miles away. And if you're not careful, you get to the place you say, well, who's going to be saved? Amen. You have to put all these things aside, all these distractions, get them out of your mind because you're only accountable for you. Amen. And you live for God. Amen. I, I'm not going to quit God. It doesn't, doesn't matter who quits him, who don't serve him. That's a personal relationship between God and myself. And I have chosen, and um, I did so because it, he gave us a personal invitation to do so and then uh, drew us to a place we could get rid of our sins and, and uh, every weight, things that trouble us and hinder us and try to block our progress in serving God. And he's made it possible. I was praying tonight, and I said, God, I'm not here just because I've been careful, even though I've tried to be careful. But I, that's not the reason I'm here. I'm here because of his mercy, yes, yes. his grace. Yes. And God is gracious and good enough to grant us mercy, to keep on serving him. Amen. My Lord, let's keep on doing it. Yes, Don't be affected by others. And sometimes our own family members, husband or wife or children, can be such a hindrance to us. But you have to, uh, matter of fact, I, a scripture has run through my mind for the last year or two. Uh, I've really started putting together a Bible class for it, but never have completed it. But I thought about uh, Isaac and uh, or not Isaac and Rebecca, but uh, uh, yes, it was Isaac and Rebecca that had Jacob and Esau and Jacob, the two twin brothers that were born to them. Esau despised his birthright, and Jacob bought it for a bowl of soup, just a, a bowl of beans, you might say. And, um, and then uh, when... Esau realized that he had lost the birthright and that his father was not going to give him what was his rightfully, but he had already promised it to his younger brother. And he couldn't go back on his word because he had pledged it under the, under the Almighty God and asked the Lord to, to put his favor upon Jacob's life. And so Esau, when he heard his mother and father make the statement to Jacob, go out to Padanera and go back to, to Laban's house and, and may God find you a wife there, but don't marry among the Hittites and the Amorites. Don't marry among the, the heathen and the rebellious and the stubborn and God-haters of this world. And when Esau heard those he determined in his heart that he would do it to spite his mother and his father. And the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that, that these things were a grief of mine to Isaac and Rebekah till their dying day. 
They grieved over this uh, rebellious son that would not serve God. And you'd be surprised to know folk today that are facing just these same difficulties in life over a family member or a friend that, that they were close to and rebelled against God and had a drastic effect upon their relationship with heaven. Amen. You have to make up your mind, friend, that your walk with God doesn't depend on somebody else's. I'm going to be saved and nobody else is going to be saved. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I um, had a chance this afternoon to visit with uh, the elder Alexander and his good wife and, and be in their home for just a little while. And really, uh, I really was surprised he don't look no older than he, than he did the last time I saw him. And uh, he told me, he said, I, I just don't feel good. I said, it's all in your mind. He, he shook his head. And I think he's tired of hearing that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And he said, no, it's in my body. It's in my legs. Amen. Well, I'm not as young as I used to be. I noticed Sister Alexander lost some weight. and Both of them really looking good to me. And, man, by the time they reach 150 years of age, Amen. They might save me a spot in the old folks' home with them. Praise the Lord. But we love them and appreciate them and all the faithful years of service to not only this church but to the work of God in general. And uh, all the, the elder group of ministers and their wives are quickly leaving the scene of life and, and the responsibility is being... It's already been handed down. As, as they say, the torch has been passed. It's handed down to my generation and to the generation of your pastor and men of his age and, and even younger than, than your pastor. Men are harnessing up to pastor churches and preach the gospel. And uh, it's a very grave responsibility because God has entrusted this gospel to you and I. Amen. I know he don't need us, but we're actually part of the, the preservation, part of the apostolic doctrine. Amen. And so we're the only examples that this world has of righteousness. And so it behooves us to be a Christian. Amen. Not, not according to world standards. We, we don't gauge and judge ourselves by world standards. We, we go strictly by what this Bible says. And the Bible tells us that we to come out from among them, be separate, touch not the unclean thing. And God said he'd receive us unto himself. Amen. We're a separated, holy people unto the Lord. We ought to be proud to be apostolic. Amen. Be ashamed that it would be anything else. Amen. I'm, I'm not going to sing. I'm sorry, the musicians, they're sitting up here on the music, and I wasn't even thinking about them if they want to go down. But um, 
I want, I want this good pastor and his wife to know that we love them and appreciate them, and, and they are constantly in our prayers along with uh, this church and the elder Alexander and his good wife. And um, I <clears throat> appreciate his confidence and and asking us to to be here this evening. And I feel like I'm still traveling, feel like I'm still riding a horse, and, uh, but uh, I'll do my best to be a blessing to you. And I'm going to the book of Isaiah, the 55th chapter, and read just a few verses. Uh, I might read the whole chapter. It's only 13 short verses. <clears throat> Good to see everyone that's here. Uh, Brother Nathan Coxman. I think I saw him the last time I was here over at your house. Amen. He gets around about as much as I do. So. Girls will do that to you. Oh, better watch them girls. They'll set you back. Amen. You'll, you'll go stone blind one of these days. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Amen. Isaiah chapter 55. This is something that the Lord dropped into my heart just recently, and uh, I really, uh, I really like to to take an, enough time to really study into things and prepare myself maybe a, a little more than I am tonight for this, but uh, I'll do my best to give it to you as the Lord has given it to me. But Isaiah says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, and even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people." Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And really, these next, especially the next two verses, the verses I am really going to draw my thoughts and attention to tonight. God said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven, heavens are higher 
than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Now, this is God talking. Amen. This is not just Isaiah the prophet, but this is God himself speaking to his people. And his word is going to stand. Amen. You don't have to worry about God's word working. You just do what it says. And he'll make it work. Amen. It, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. But for ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. All the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Blessed God, we ask you tonight for your divine assistance, for your help, for your anointing, for fresh inspiration. I pray the word of the Lord would have free course in our hearts and our minds. God, take out every distractive thought and way tonight. Let us somehow focus upon the word of the living God. Grant us what we need. Bless this pastor, this congregation. Lord, we'll give you all of the praise and all of the glory and all of the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. God bless you, and you may be seated tonight. I, I want to use just for a, a subject, for a thought, to go with these verses tonight. In, and I'm presenting it in the form of a question. How do you perceive things? How do you really perceive things? How do you look at things? How, how do you... Uh, view them what comes to your mind when the preacher is preaching when the man of God is reaching for you when the word of the Lord is talking to you how do you really look at it how do you perceive it because God said that our thoughts are not his thoughts and he said your ways are not my ways and he even went on to describe it in the, the, way, in the manner that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Amen. So how do you really perceive things in this life? Amen. Isaiah, the same book of Isaiah, the 28th chapter. And just give me a few minutes to kind of lay a foundation for what I'm going to talk about for a little while 28th chapter in the verse 9 he said whom shall he teach knowledge 
And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. And then in God's own redundant manner, as he is often throughout the scripture, he again repeats himself. But the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Amen. And so in the carnal sense of looking at it, mortal man cannot comprehend, not even in a measure, the things of God. As high, as far as the heavens are above the earth. And one one of the Old Testament writers and, and even Jesus himself in the office of the high priest on uh, resurrection day, he ascended far above all heavens. And we know that uh, we have large enough telescopes to be able to, to pick out uh, other galaxies besides our own, at least a couple of more galaxies that are light years away from us so that puts the distance between our thinking and God's thinking at a uh, quite a distance if you please and so if that be the case how can we understand spiritual things how can we understand things that are so vital and so necessary for us to be saved I do not believe that it is God's will and plan that people not know the Word of God and not understand what it really takes to be saved. But it takes an effort on the part of the individual, hunger in their heart, desire in them to want to progress, to want to grow in knowledge and understanding and the wisdom of Almighty God. Amen. The first chapter of First Corinthians, uh, and I'm, I'm going to give you several passages of Scripture here tonight, and, and I'm not going to try to drag this out uh, a long length of time, but let, just let me share some things with you. And uh, verse number 18 of chapter 1 of First Corinthians, the apostle here writing to a church that was newly established that face every problem that could be imagined in the New Testament church. Amen. From fornication to adultery to uh, homosexuality, a spirit that is rampant in our generation tonight. Amen. Not only those three things, but you could put every sin in the book because this church of Corinth faced it, fought it, with much difficulty at times, 
because of the way that it happened in the family structure, trying to break down the home. But Paul said here in verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, what? It is foolishness. But unto us which are saved, he said, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. And uh, the word prudent, it just, it just simply means that uh, one is wise in protecting in an investment that they have made. They're careful to maintain it, to take care of it, to cultivate it in a manner that it can be useful to that individual. And so uh, bringing it down to God's way of looking at it, Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 told us that God was prudent in dealing with his church and that tells me that God is careful to maintain and protect the investment that he has made in the church. And for all of those that have a desire to grow in him, that really want to be saved out of this wicked generation, God has made it possible for you to do so. But you got to want to be saved. you got a desire to be saved. Amen. There's not going to be a, a, any coasting in this age and time and you just barely make it inside the walls of the city. Amen. I know that Peter talked about if the righteous scarcely be saved, where is the ungodly and the sinner going to appear? But he is not telling us that we're just barely going to make it by the skin of our teeth. That's not what uh, the, the scripture is implying. Well, the scripture is laying down a principle there through the difficulties of life, through the struggles of life, the hardships of life, the tests and the trials. I read in my Bible that through tribulation we're going to enter in. Through trials we're going to make it. Uh, Peter said, uh, Beloved, think it not strange concerning what? The fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. I'm here to tell you, friend, that the battle for your soul has been going on since the Garden of Eden. And the devil is not one to give up, to throw in the towel. Amen. He won't be through with you until you have breathed your last breath and they sew your gums together and put you in a coffin and put you in the ground. Amen. And uh, if, 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 if in the last few moments of your life that you're fighting for your breath, if the devil can inject in your mind seeds of doubt and put fear in you, he'll take you to the grave with a fear in your heart. Amen. He's not going to give up on you. That's why it is more important than ever before, especially in this generation that we are living in, to get everything that we need to make the city, to make your calling and election sure. Amen. This is not a time to play games. It's not a time to draw back away from the altar. It's not a time to be missing prayer service. 
It's not a time to, to become uninvolved in the worship, in the praise service, getting yourself in the middle of it and getting everything that you need from God. Amen. Your perception about God, about the church, about your pastor, about everything that pertains to godliness, it will determine whether you're going to make it or how you see things. Some folks, all they can see is the, is the trouble they're having and the problem they're having. And they don't realize that everybody in the church has either gone through or is about to go through or is facing at that immediate time the very same thing that you might be fighting and facing in life. Amen. You got to pull yourself together. Sometimes you got to just lay yourself on the altar and say, God, here I am. I need help. I'm battling my mind. I'm battling thoughts. I'm battling these troubles. I'm battling these temptations. I'm fighting through these trials and tests that have come my way in life. And I need some help. And when you put yourself at God's hands, friend, I'm telling you, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. And then he went on to say, God said, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise or bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. But it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Amen. For the Jews require a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. It depends on how you look at it, how you perceive it. Amen. That is going to determine whether you're going to make it or not. How you view your present situation, your present world that you live in. You can use your problems as a stepping stone, as a means of climbing a ladder, a stairwell, whatever you choose to call it. Drawing you nearer and nearer to the hope that all the saints of God have in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. And then he went on to tell us, verse number 26, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh. And he, he injects this in here to let us know that the thinking of the flesh is diverse from spiritual thinking and spiritual perception. Amen. Not many wise are to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised. Hath God chosen, yea, and things that are not to bring to naught things that are. And then he tells us why. That no flesh should glory in his presence. 
But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And then he goes on in chapter number 2. And I know this is a lot of lengthy uh, reading tonight. I'm not going to read all of it. Amen. But I, I, I want to I give you these things before I move on. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Spirit and power. How do you perceive your relationship with heaven? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. I learned a long, long time ago that I was not going to be able to save myself. I wasn't good enough. I didn't have the ability. All of the earthly learning and wisdom that I could come up with in life was not going to get me anywhere with God. I had to die. I had to give it all to Him, fall upon His mercy, cast myself at His feet. I depend on Him. Amen. It's not by works of righteousness, uh, the writer Titus said, but it's by uh, his of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy that he saved us. How? By the washing of regeneration. And then he says the renewing of the Holy Ghost which is shed upon us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. I am persuaded more and more as we approach the day of the coming of the Lord. What most people really need more than anything else in their walk with God is a good old-fashioned praying through of the baptism of the Holy Ghost again. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, somehow or another, there's been too much carnality that has slipped into our midst. Too much carnality has crept into our lives, has crept into our homes. Amen. A lot of it, we don't have no power over what the world has brought to us. We must live in this world, we, and we must live by this world. We don't have a choice. God didn't place us on an island somewhere and leave us there to fend for ourselves and to make it on our own. But we must use this world, as Paul said, and not abusing this world. Amen. We must take advantage of what the world has to give us to help us in our progress in life on our jobs and our schools and our families and our homes or whatever in that uh, that means of it but we must understand the fact that if God is not helping us and we are not with his mind and with his spirit and his power and his presence in us none of us are going to be able to survive this world Amen, 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 amen. Let me hurry on. Paul said, How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That word perfect does not mean flawless. And it does not mean without failure. It just simply means mature, full-grown, responsible. 
Amen. If there ever were a time we needed folks young and old and middle-aged to become responsible. Amen. You know what? You may not understand it, but I really believe that you do. Amen. God doesn't need us, but he's counting on us. Amen. We need you. The ministry needs you. And the ministry needs one another more than it has ever needed one another in times past. And that is not saying that we needed one another less in years gone by. But we cannot recall the past. That is written in the annals of history, recorded forever. And you can't go back and change one event that happened years ago. Amen. Sometimes folks try to live too much in their past and they won't forget their past they won't forget the things that are behind and press and reach forward to the prize or the mark of the high calling in Jesus Christ sometimes you got to lay some things down and to pick up some things and add to your walk with God and keep on walking with him keep on serving him Keep on pressing toward him, reaching for him with everything that's in your life. Amen, amen. Almost feel like preaching tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. But Paul said we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Amen. Even the hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. I want you to notice how Paul words this. He's good with words. I can assert you that tonight. It's a hidden wisdom. Why is he called it a hidden wisdom? Because you can't dig this out through the carnal mind. Amen. Brother, you can't search long enough or high enough or deep enough or far enough to be able to obtain uh, what God has given to the church. Amen. Uh, this same book of Corinthians, Paul pulled it out of the book of Isaiah and said, Eye hath not seen, and ear hath not heard, and neither has it entered into the heart of the sons of men that which God hath prepared for them that love him, them that serve him, that are faithful to him. Amen. He was in reality talking about the church because in the church, which is his body, and he is the head of it, it's all wisdom and knowledge is found in this church praise the Lord if you want to be a wise man if you want to be a wise young lady or a wise older person I'll tell you how to do it get as deep in God's church as you can get pray harder than you've ever prayed in your life put your nose in your Bible and read your Bible pray over your Bible study the word of God you'll make the man of God's job a whole lot easier friend Amen, amen, amen. How do you perceive things? How are you looking at things tonight? Amen. Are you focused on all of, the, of, of disgruntled folks and unhappy people, folk that don't have no joy, no victory, no get up and go? Amen. Amen. Folks that, that are not spiritual, that are carnal. Amen. If you're focused on that, if you're perceiving nothing but their lives and the things that they're doing, chances are that same attitude and spirit's going to get a hold 
hold of you and take you right down to the place of their level. Praise the Lord. But I want to keep on climbing, friend. There are things yet that I have to see in the church. There are revelations yet that I lack. Understanding yet that I don't have. There's things that are hidden in the Word of God that are nuggets of gold, nuggets of silver, precious stones and jewels that never cross my mind or my thinking. Amen. I want to get all I can from God and as deep as in Him and the church as I can. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. She said, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And who is it that crucified him? I realize it was the Roman soldiers that, that scourged him, that uh, planted the crown of thorns, that did all the things that they did to him in the flesh. Amen. But in reality, brother, it was the religious Jewish leaders, the responsible ones. Amen. Jesus said uh, the stone that the builders rejected, the architects rejected, amen, the craftsmen rejected, the carpenters, the brick masons, stone masons, amen, uh, those that, that uh, should have known better, those that had been taught and instructed from their youth uh, what to look for, what to expect at the day of his arrival in this world. But you know what? Because of their faithlessness, because of their carnality, God just reached up and pulled the blinds across their eyes. And when Jesus Christ came to this world, a baby born in a manger in Bethlehem, I'm here to tell you the religious leaders never even knew it or realized it. There was just a handful of common folk, amen, that lingered around an altar that sought the face of God, that perceived that something has taken place and I want to be right in the middle of it, praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Brother, while, while everybody else is out kicking up their heels and eating and drinking and having a good time in life, amen, I, I, found, a, a, I found an old man, Zacharias was his name, a priest, if you please, burning incense at an altar, a golden altar in the, in the temple, amen. A, a wife, Elizabeth, that was barren, and that they laughed at her, they made fun of her, they called her old barren one. It was a curse for a Jewish woman to marry and never have a child amen but God had preserved her womb for one miraculous birth if you please and that was a, a son that he would call John who would be the forerunner of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ one that would come into this world and when his time came he would begin to preach a message of repentance turn away from your sins Turn away from the world and seek the face of the Almighty God. I'm here to tell you that message is just as much needful and prevalent in our age as it was 2,000 years ago. If there ever were a time that men needed to repent and turn back to God, it's this age of time that we live in. Amen. I, I, didn't, I don't know how this is going to turn out here tonight. Amen. This, this is my first go-round. That's all I can say. All right. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Amen, amen, amen. But notice what he said. But God hath revealed, un, revealed them unto us. And that word, you could take that word us all the way back to Genesis 1.26 when God said let us make man because that included everything in the God's economy and bringing man to perfection to make him ready for a resurrection one day. Amen. That us was the ministry. That us was the prophets. That us were the priesthood and the Old Testament, the lambs and the sacrificial offerings and the blood that was shed everything in God's economy that progress man to a point that when the trump of God sounds amen that that man and that woman could be ready and could be in tune with God and could perceive amen that this is going to be the greatest event that will happen in the history of all mankind brother when flesh is suddenly translated when mortal puts on immortality when corrupt puts on incorruption, that's why I'm living like I'm living. I can perceive that this is the best life. This is the best way. This is God's plan. This is God's mind. This is God's will. Amen, amen. I probably ain't going to finish this tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. And notice this, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Uh, you remember the old the saying of the psalmist? He said, deep calleth unto deep. Amen. The, the deeper you get in God, the more you want to know about him. I, I'm telling you, it ain't, it's not easy to pray today. <laughs> Amen. Because, again, it goes back to that one word, distractions. We've got too much on our mind. Amen. We're involved in too much activity of life. Amen. We're, we're pressed in a generation we have no control over, but we have control over ourselves. Amen. And you have to learn to set aside the time that is vital and necessary uh, to be spiritual if you choose to be spiritual. But if you want to be carnal and drag your legs, amen, I'm going to tell you, the church will go on without you. Amen. You'll become part of that group that straggle, amen, uh, behind, and the Amalekites came and cut them off after that Moses and the main body of the people had gone through the valleys and the mountains. Amen. The Amalekites waited on those that were dragging behind. Amen. Amen. Now listen to me. And don't misunderstand what I'm fixing to say. Age does have something to do with our bodies being tired. Amen. I don't have the energy to get up and go that I used to have. Age has got a lot to do with that. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to spirituality, amen, uh, tiredness doesn't count. Amen. And we must bring this old body into subjection. Amen. Brother, you've got to conquer your flesh at any given age of life. And I don't believe that you'll ever live old enough and long enough to ever get past the place that you don't have wicked thoughts pass through your mind. Now, they're not going to linger there. They're not going to stay there. If you're a child of God and you have a spiritual mind and spiritual perception, you're going to fight these things, resist those things. That's what Jesus said. 
said, resist the devil, and what will he do? He'll flee from you. And if you will draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. But you won't live to be old enough, amen, to override all the feelings of your flesh. There's always going to be things in you, memories in you. Your memory is going to be living, brother, at the last breath you draw in this life. Amen, amen. Read me the rest of that there, brother. Just the last three or four verses, however much is left. First Corinthians chapter 2. Amen. I'm trying to, trying to get on to what I really want to say tonight. Amen. I don't even remember which one it was myself. Amen. Verse number, I uh, read number, verse number 10. Well, verse number 11. And notice what Paul says here. For what man knoweth the things of a man? Save the spirit of man which is in him. You know earthly things because you're an earthly man. Amen. There's some things you don't have to teach folks. They learn on their own. Amen. There's some things that they would never have. I'll tell you what, if there, was, if there were two people in the world, a male and a female, and one lived on this side of the globe, and the other lived on the other side of the globe. It might take them a while to find one another, but they'd find one another. Amen. That's just the way life is. And you're not going to change that. Amen. You don't have to teach them that they were made for each other. Amen. Uh, uh, John and Susie, but it wasn't John and Joe. Or it wasn't Susie and, and uh, Sally. Amen. Amen. And that's just the way God made us. There's some things that come natural in life. You don't have to be taught because they're part of the makeup of the carnal man, the flesh, if you please. What man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man that is in him. Read on for me. Even so the things of God. Even so the things of God. He's comparing the natural with the spiritual now. Knoweth no man. Knoweth no man. But the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God. Now, now notice what he says here in this next verse. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. We, if you are in the church, if you're part of God's body, amen, you have not received the Spirit of the world. You remember what Paul said later on in the second book of Corinthians when he talked about that he was afraid lest that somebody come by and preach another Jesus and you'd follow after another Jesus or another gospel or another spirit. Amen. Unless that he had labored upon them in vain. Amen. If you have received the apostolic message of one God in water baptism in Jesus' name and the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues and living a holy life. Amen. You have received not a revelation of the world, but a revelation of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Why? Because God has baptized you, has placed in you his spirit. Amen. I, 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 the older I get, the more I look like my father. My father passed away last October. Amen. But the older I get, the more I look at him, like him. I, I can walk to the mirror sometime to shave or brush my teeth. And, and when I look at myself out of the corner of my eye, I, I'm, I think of my father. 
because I look like him. And I, I know some of my gestures are like my father. Uh, some likes and dislikes are like my father. Amen. I've got my father's blood. I've got my father's genes. I have his DNA makeup. Amen, because God made us that way. Amen. And uh, uh, I do things uh, in the natural sense because that's uh, I'm part of my Father's makeup. Amen. And so when you are a part of God's church, God's body, you're automatically going to respond to spiritual things. And if you're not responding to spiritual things, your perception about God, about the church, is far off, my friend. Read on down to the end of that chapter. But the Spirit, which is of God, yes, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. They're freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Not in man's wisdom. But which the Holy Ghost the teacheth. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost teacheth. Consp comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Spiritual things are spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. He can't receive the things of God. For they are foolishness unto him. That's, he, that's exactly the way the world looks at us too. Why do you folks do like you do? Why do you fix your hair like you fix it? Why do you wear dresses? Why don't you cut your hair? That's what the world says to, to our ladies. Amen. Why don't you trim it? Why don't you burn it? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? How come you don't wear makeup? How come you're not decked out with a bunch of gold and jewelry and silver and all these kind of things? How come you look different? You dress different? You act different? You talk different? You know why? Because we are different. We have a different spirit in us. Amen. We, we have a perception in us about spiritual things and a desire to be pleasing to a heavenly father, not an earthly establishment, if you please. Read on for me quickly. Neither can he know them. He can't even know because them. Because they are spiritually discerned. They're spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual. That, that's, that word discerned here, uh, it, it talks about your perception about it. Amen. Dealing with the same word that I'm talking about. Read on. But he that is spiritual yes. judgeth all things. Judges all things. Yet he himself is judged, judged of, no, of man. no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? But what? That he may instruct him. But we but have we, the mind of but Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. How do you perceive things? I'll tell you what got me on this Bible class. Amen. A scripture in the New Testament where Jesus, and, and I'm sure you've heard, you probably heard what I'm going to tell you tonight. Your pastor, no doubt, has heard. Amen. But Jesus one time came to a, a man that was born blind. And he took that young man and led him outside of the city. And he lifted up his eyes, lifted up his hands, and, and he healed this fellow that was born blind. And something happened after he healed this young man. He asked him the question, how do you see? How do you perceive? How are you looking at things? And the man opened his eyes and looked around. And what did he say? He said, I see men as trees walking. Amen. I had someone told me recently, uh, uh, there is a... Uh, uh, his daughter, uh, this man's daughter, or someone in his family, I'm not even sure of the whole story, 
is taking a class in psychology and she was telling her father that in this psychology book that there is a story. This is a factual story. It actually happened. Amen. There's a story of a young man that was born blind. Amen. He grew up a blind man. He eventually married and he had children by his wife. And, and, uh, and later on in life, as his children got older and through scientific discoveries, the medical field, they learned what was causing the blindness in this man's eyes. And the doctors told his wife and told him that we can perform a medical operation on your husband and we believe that he will be able to see. And so the man, as I would have been, if I was blind and had never been able to see the light of day or the color of blue, red, purple, or violet, whatever, amen. And someone told me that I could see through a simple uh, uh, technical operation that would restore my sight. I would be willing to take the, what do you have to lose? I mean, you're blind anyhow. It's not going to affect your eyes. You're already blind. And so he agreed to, to be operated on. And to the surprise of, of himself and even his wife, when he came out of the surgery, this man, for the first time in his life, could see. And he told, he told this story. It's, it's in, he, he said, I can read it in the book myself. But I didn't get a chance to, to read it. I'm going to call him and find out what book is in because I want to get the whole detail of the story. But he, he said that this man, when he saw his wife and saw his children, he immediately recognized them. He knew that that woman is my wife and these are my children, even though he had never seen them in his life. And he said the reason that he knew them is because he had taken his hands through the years of raising his family and being married to his wife. He knew her by the feel of her facial features and because that he had perceived in his mind exactly what she would look like, he recognized her and he recognized his children. And so he decided to go walking down the sidewalk and he took his little uh, stick that he, you know, the blind folks used to, to walk with. I saw a fellow in the mall the other day, look, like had a ping pong ball on the end of it and he was blind he was just moving it backwards and forth and I noticed he was feeling things amen I, I, I didn't realize that until I, I was told this story but he was actually feeling things and he would rub that pole up and down the leg of a chair or the corner of a uh, uh, where he was turning the corner somewhere he would get the feel of it he knew exactly where he was at how many steps he had to take he was seeing with that cane that was in his hand he was seeing it all in his mind amen and he was, as he was walking uh, there were some things that he saw he recognized because he had stopped along the journey and he had run his hands maybe over a fire hydrant. I don't know what I was involved. I'm just using these things as a possibility, as an example. But he would stop and run his hands over a fire hydrant. Amen. And he would he knew that this was a fire hydrant. And so he, he would recognize it when he saw it. 
And if he didn't recognize it, he just walked up to it, closed his eyes, and rubbed his hands over it. And then he could tell you what it was. Why? Because he perceived in his mind what he had been seeing as a blind man all along. Amen. There were things that, that he came upon he could not, he couldn't, uh, he didn't know what they were. He had never seen them before. And he would run his little cane up and down them trying to find out what they was. Amen. And uh, this was the way it was for this man that had been blind. It was all in his perception. Amen. It's how you view things. How you view spiritual things. Amen. Can I tell you something, friend? Amen. In, in a carnal thinking in the world, men cannot perceive. They cannot comprehend. They're blind. And they can, I don't care how much they feel spiritual things. Unless their eyes are open through the power of the operation of the Spirit of God, they'll never know, see, or understand why we live, why we do, why we behave ourselves in the fashion that we do. I once was blind, but now I see. I could never perceive in life as a sinner that living for God could be this good, that you could be this happy, that you could get excited over a Savior that went to Calvary and purchased your soul's salvation. Amen, amen, amen. How do you perceive things? How do you perceive? I'm, I'm trying to bring this to a close tonight. Amen, amen. I, I, as I was sitting at my desk this afternoon, I thought about David. And uh, when David first went down to, to where the, the Philistines and, and Israel were joining themselves for the past 40 days in fighting against the Philistines and, and this giant of a man, some depends on the size, the measure of the cubit. He could have been 9 feet 9 or he could have been 11 feet 9 inches tall. Amen. Uh, we don't really know exactly the exact cubit that they used to measure back in those Old Testament times. But if 9 feet tall is a pretty tall fella, if you please, for a, especially for a short man like me. Amen. Amen. But I can picture David, that ruddy-faced lad. Amen. Coming down and, and for the first time hearing that booming voice of a giant as he stepped out on the side of the hill and cursed God and cursed Saul and cursed Israel. Amen. Making fun of the armies of God as if they were a bunch of dogs. Amen. A bunch of jackals, if you please. A, a, a bunch of mists fits. You don't fit in society. You don't fit nowhere in this world. You're different. You stand out so we hate you. That's really what it boils down to. Amen. And so when David heard this and saw that no one would accept the challenge you can believe one thing. There were people that probably told him when they realized he was going to fight this giant of a man there were probably some that said David Goliath is 
too big to fight. But Brother David perceives something in the spirit that these folks could not perceive. Amen. I tell you what his thoughts probably were. He's too big to miss. Amen. I can pick up a small stone and just sling it at the side of that broad wall. I can't miss. And if God is on my side, if God is for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Amen. Uh, Moses writing in the Old Testament and the book of Deuteronomy and also the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus words it just a little bit different than, than he did in the book of Deuteronomy. Amen. Leviticus says, how could, uh, how could five chase a hundred or a, a hundred a thousand or ten thousand? Amen. Uh, except that they, they had God on their side. I'm paraphrasing what Moses was really saying. Amen. Uh, and then later on he would, he would bring it down to this one could chase a thousand, amen, and, and two could put 10,000 to flight. And the only way that they could do it is that their God, and that's a small letter, G, amen, talking about the Philistines or the Amorites or the Hittites, amen, they would flee. 10,000 of them would flee at just two Israelite soldiers that would, that would straighten themselves up and look them in the face and challenge them. You're not going to take my property. You're not going to take my wife you're not going to take my children you've got a fight on your hands boys amen and because their God their little God if you please had no power to resist and when men that are spiritual in their perception can see that there's no challenge in this world that can hold back the people of God that know who their God is Amen, 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 amen. David gave us a category of his mighty men, amen. Brother Shama, I think it was, stood in the middle of a, <laughs> a lentil patch, amen, and fought against the Philistines, drove them away, slew them by the scores, amen. You're not getting my pea patch, hallelujah. Amen. You're not getting my church, devil. You're not getting my victory, devil. Amen. It may be a little pea patch. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I may not be as, as big as the one down the street, down the road somewhere. Amen. I might not have all the knowledge, amen, that some other uh, person has in the world. Amen. But I know one thing. I know more than the devil knows because he never gives up and God's always whipped him, put him in his place time and time and time again. Amen. The scripture says, Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning. Brother, it was a quick defeat. It was a quick victory, a quick battle. It didn't take God an effort to throw him out, put him in his place. Why? Because our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. I want you to stand with me. How do you perceive God? How do you perceive the things of God? How do you perceive the church? 
I'm going to tell you something, friends. There ain't no place on this earth that there ain't a struggle. There ain't no apostolic church in America or around the world as far as that's concerned that, that's not fighting, struggling. You can't go nowhere. Uh, you hear people say, man, I get tired of the battle. I, I've heard folks, I've heard folks say, I, I'm, he preached that same old message again and again and again and again. Why, why don't you catch the principle of it? He could move on to something else. If you had learned, if you could perceive, he's trying to save you. But you're being too stubborn, too hard-headed, too resistant instead of perceiving. Amen. I mean, if you wear a number nine shoe and you're trying to put on a six, and your pastor's saying you can't wear that, oh, I'll get it on. You look like them Chinamanese. Gals, they wrap their feet up and, I mean, wrap their feet up and put them in little old bitty shoes and there's babies. They deformed their feet. The bones grew crooked and arched. I mean, they, I don't care if later in life they'd have wore number 10. They still had on two. They, they deformed their feet. And the preacher's saying, that ain't going to work. Oh, it'll work for me. It's just the way I like to do it. You know what? You're not perceiving the mind and the will of God. If there's anything that's hindering the apostolic ranks today, there's too many divided minds. If, if all of God's people could... I, I wish... You'd think there'd be a way to do this, Brother Talley, but I don't, I don't reckon there is. But man, if I could come up with this invention, I could make a mint where, where I could put this cap on my head and put a cap on all the saints I preach to, put it on their head. And they could, they could perceive and comprehend and understand what I'm saying. If your pastor could, if he could, maybe he ought to get this jack, ain't that what they call him? And bore a hole in the side of some of his head and plug it in. And say, I'm trying, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to save you. I know it's humorous in one way, but I want you to hear me tonight. This is, this is sad what I'm going to tell you. There's folks sitting here tonight, standing here tonight. You're going to wind up being lost if you're not careful. You're going to fall prey to your flesh, to the spirit of this world. If you, if you don't pay attention to the man of God, he, he's not just beating his gums. He's not just doing what he's doing for his health. I, I'm t I know what I'm talking about. Brother, when a man preaches like you preach, it takes years off your life. When a man carries a burden, and I, I'm just preaching what I feel in my heart. When a man preaches with a burden, prays and seeks God, God, I want revival. I want a move of God. And just about time that he thinks he's going to get it, somebody has to be stupid. 
Somebody has to mess up, goof up. And you got to, you got, you know what? You got to stop. You got to stop what you're doing. You got to go nurse somebody. And I'm not trying to be funny. That is, that's what we're facing and dealing with today in Pentecost. When folks are to be full grown, are to be mature, responsible, perfect. It's 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 spirits that we're fighting against today. God help me to perceive. Help me to perceive the things of God. The carnal mind is an enemy. It's enmity to God. Amen. You ever, you ever saw a, a three a three D painting? I, you, you can't just walk up to a three D painting and see it. I, I've stood there and squinched my eyes and stared until it become distorted. And all of a sudden, when it, when you see it, it focuses in. Your eyes focus in on a hidden object in a maze, in a sand pile, you might say. That's what it looks like to me. All of a sudden, you see something beautiful. And, and you know what? It takes on a different meaning, doesn't it? Amen. Oh, God, if we could exercise ourselves a little more in spiritual things. God, let, help me to see what you're trying to tell me. Have you ever tried to picture heaven, eternity? You know why folks hardly ever focus on Calvary? Because it's too gruesome. Shocking. To see a Savior hanging, bleeding, dying, fighting for his breath. It's, it's gruesome to hear the man Christ Jesus say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. But oh, when that last cry, finished! Hallelujah. We've reaped the benefits and the glories, the power of it. Nobody has an excuse not to make it. Anybody feel like you could stand some help tonight? This altar is open. Anybody want to draw nigh to God? Thank you, Jesus. Draw nigh to God. Draw nigh to God. Jesus, Jesus.
to view the cross.